Instasnap, good morning, what's going on? Today we're talking about depression, and I have a slightly different idea on this particular topic, and this morning I was asked a really good question, so I thought that I would hit it again. Let me start by saying I'm gonna do my best not to offend anyone during this particular mini lesson, but the probability of that happening is there. So, firstly, it's okay not to be okay, what do I think of that? I think that's fine. I think if you're about to jump off the fucking balcony, you wanna probably tell someone. And in that moment, it's probably a, probably a reasonably wise idea to call someone up and say, hey, I'm not doing okay, and I'm about to kill myself. And that could lower the probability of a suicide or a death or some sort of thing. And I don't think that that is necessarily weak in the moment. But when you're doing a depression, those moments aren't all the time. A lot of you guys message me, say I'm doing a depression, but you're not necessarily on the ledge. So during the days when you're just feeling, ah, God, I got a depression, but you're not that far in, and you're looking for a way to figure out how to dissolve this thing or transcend the depression, that's when I would get very, very objective and figure out what is your best strategy here. Because a lot of people, all they want to do is go and vent and yap and talk about their issues, and there are people who are paid to listen and let you simmer and cook in your own shit. And it makes it worse talking about it over and over and over and over and over. I understand that many, not all, of the people who are called to get into the mental health profession are the people who in their childhood had a void of mental health. And they were called to that career to figure out their own stuff. And many of them are wounded. And many of them are taught in this model to sit and listen and be a place that people can vent and then they'll have compassion and stick up for people and they perpetuate the victimhood. And there is a time and a place for the listening and the venting and all the thing right at the start. But in the long run, it's not going to be the venting that gets the results. So if you're gonna go down that line, my advice to you, call them up on the phone, these people and say, hey, you're a professional mental health person and guess what, I got a depression and if I come to you, I wanna know first and foremost, what's your fucking strike rate? How many patients have you seen with a depression? And then after they have done your treatment here, how many of them didn't have it? So you wanna list out 50 or 100 experts, by the way, strategies and experts, 50 different things that you could do. You don't just jump into the first fucking one. You, you call a 50 different people, and when they give you their strike rate, which they probably won't, but if they do, write down that strike rate there, and if you're happy with that, then, the next question that you wanna ask them is, okay, so on average, what is you, the cost of your sessions here and how many sessions will we do before I get that result that I want? And then you write down the dollar figure and then you gotta figure out, if I can transcend here the relationship depression or my dad beat me depression or the other form of the depression, the vocational business, whatever depression it is, am I then going to have a fucking financial depression? Am I gonna have a conservation of depression? And then you can figure out if that's something that you wanna do. Tr just transfer the forms of the depression. Figure out if that's really something that you wanna do. Maybe it is. But at least then by doing that, you're gonna have the most realistic expectation from that treatment. Now, this is the part of the lesson when everyone says, oh, Lewis, you're so cold, you're so robotic, blah, 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 all this kind of thing, right? Okay, and I say, yes, that's true. And here we go. This is something that I teach my mastermind guys. This is the past, this is the future, this is presence, this is positivity, this is negativity. So at the moment of integration between positive and negative, past and future, you have presence and love and truth. Of course, the past and the future doesn't really exist except for in the mind. So the border between the past and the future is but a mirror of the past charges that we've had in our lives. So a negative memory of the past mirrors forward into a future fear. 
And the positive memory of the past mirrors forward here into a positive future imagination, which is a fantasy. This is the fantasy. This is the fear. These are the ions. This is the light, and this is the ions. An ion is a charged particle, either positively or negatively charged. Now, because the future hasn't happened before, it's just a projection of our past memories, these ions, these charged particles, exist because in the past sometime we had a real moment of perception where we split positive and negative, and we remembered the negative and we ignored the positive. And a negative memory happens because we are conscious of the negatives and unconscious of the positives. Or a positive memory happens because we're conscious of the positives and unconscious of the negatives. And these charges can happen at different ratios, spiraling out from light or enlightenment. Now, get this. The past negative memory that you have here, logged as a charge, is going to mirror forward into a future fear that you're going to try and avoid, while at the same time your unconscious mind is going to try to be highlighting to you via intuition the other side that you're missing. And your mind goes around like this, and it's called passing the ions, passing between the ions. It's called passion, which initially meant to suffer. If you look up the origin of the word passion, it meant to suffer. Now, your positively charged ions are those ions that you raise up. It's called elating the ion or elation. And the negatively charged ions are the ones that you keep pushing down and making more negative than what they really are. It's called depressing the ion. It's called depression. Now, when you are going around and around like this in a passion, passing the ion between, oh, that bad thing happened to me and, God, I hope it doesn't happen again and I really am comparing myself to this, which I think would be all good and no bad and that should be what my life should be, but here it is here. You're conscious of the negative and you're unconscious of the positive, passing the ion. You're doing a passion. You're suffering. Then what you do is you go and hire someone like this who is also wounded, who is also passionate, and they're going to have a compassion, which means to suffer together in company. And tell me more about what happened to you. And let's depress the iron. Oh, you poor thing. You poor victim. That was a bad thing. Keep telling me. Keep telling me. Come back next week and keep telling me. Keep telling me. Depressing the fucking iron. It's not integrating shit. It's really not helping you see the light. So this is a very small part of the hermetic teachings. These have been around for 6,000, 7,000 years. And the few people on earth, the masters have known this. People know this, but it's not popular. It's not the mainstream. In fact, every time I go out and talk like this, I get a heap of flack and I offend people, piss people off. I don't really give a fuck. This is, in my opinion, a deeper truth than what you're gonna get from the, the mainstream people. I'm not a really compassionate guy. I don't have wounds of my own, really. I don't suffer and I'm, when other people are suffering, I am more interested in saying, what are the benefits of what has happened to you? What are the positives that are currently residing in your unconscious? Because I know the sooner they can bring the unconscious conscious and they can reduce that charge, they spiral in toward light. And the more that they spiral in, the more that they can listen to the voice on the inside and find out their mission and their calling and their purpose and their path. And when you're on mission, when you're on your purposeful path that's inspiring to you, these elations and depressions dissolve away. They go away. So if any part of this resonated with you, I know it's not for everyone, but if you want to learn more, I've got a 33-minute video on the eight sins, and it goes in two parts, and here I talk about what I call the eight sins, the vectors, the charges, the charge clusters. I talk here about the conscious-unconscious split, the mirror, and I give you here the diagram of mind, and whether you're spiraling in, spiraling out. I have a whole tool here on how to dissolve fears, or in hey fact... Guys, in fact, how to dissolve any of the charges, any of the eight sins, really. You can use it. Fear, fantasy, pride, shame. You can do your altruism, narcissism, find the balance because economics, by the way, business 
relies on you dissolving your and, and synthesizing your altruism and narcissism. I got a whole video here on the ions. If that was interesting to you, uh, we take a look into etymology and the real meaning, the original meaning of words. And I'm absolutely not making any claim that this is going to make your depression go away or anything like that. But for 80 Australian dollars, I mean, it's it could be a worthy investment to at least learn some of this and then uh, still go and do the other thing with the actual qualified professionals and see what they have to say and do a bit of both. Can't hurt to do a bit of both and this is gonna be a lot cheaper. Is this love, is this love, is this love, is this love that I'm feeling?